Hi, and welcome back to the Athlete Emerging Podcast. This is Heidi Nielsen. If you listened to the last episode, you heard me transition from confusion around calories to having the safety net of macros to use as a guideline. When I originally recorded that episode, it was over an hour long and full of detail around how exactly I chose the macro levels that I was using and the math that I was implementing to do that. I ended up editing those sections out of the last episode to give you just an overview of what the principle of macro tracking is and how I came to subscribe to it and how I was optimistic about it on the next chapter of my journey. For today's episode, I'm going to give you all of that detail that I cut out from the last one in case you're curious about where to set your own macros, how that math works, or just how I came to the decisions that I did. So get your math and science brain firing because we're about to dive into the nitty gritty. One principle that you need to know that guided my research is the idea of corroborating sources. I was looking for different schools of thought to agree on common principles to guide what decisions I would ultimately use. When we join in the recording in progress in just a moment, you'll hear me talking about having started to find some agreement around the big question of how many calories should I be eating. I started to see a consensus as I looked for my answer to this question of how much of a calorie deficit is safe, is a good idea, what's recommended. And a number that popped up in several different places and just a general guideline was try a 15 to 20% deficit from maintenance calories. Conveniently enough, because my maintenance calories is relatively close to 2,500, a 20% deficit is right around 2,000. And interestingly, a 500 calorie deficit is just sort of arbitrarily the number Mike was saying that he's always thought is an appropriate max. So it was nice to have another voice that lined up with like, okay, here's this 500 calorie thing I'm seeing. Here's that lines up with the 20% deficit based on where I am now. That gives me 2000 calories a day. That sounds pretty good. Okay. And let's see, 500 calories a day, seven days a week. That's a pound a week that I would, I'd be totally happy with that weight loss. That sounds solid. That sounds steady. It sounds not too fast. I've often heard out there a maximum of two pounds a week. One pound a week sounds totally reasonable. 500 calories a day sounds totally reasonable. So I found enough sources corroborating that story that I decided to roll with it. I've also been increasing my activity and adding those HIIT cardio workouts. So I'm doing cardio and lifting each day this week. I will still take rest days as normal, um, but that increases my activity and increases those calories a little bit. So I'm currently looking at a range from 2,000 to 2,100 calories per day. I worked out my macros based on the calculator over at iifym.com. <laughs> it's kind of a convenient site to visit to start to work through and learn some of this stuff. And their default calculations had for me what seemed like unattainable protein requirements. And I wasn't even sure if they're necessary protein requirements. I'm still on the fence. I mentioned that spiritual philosophy wise, I am not 
uh, adhering to a vegetarian diet anymore, and I, I don't in practice, but I'm still not totally convinced that it's not a really good way to go. <laughs> uh, my diet is primarily plant-centric. I am not comfortable with large amounts of dairy or whey protein. It just, there's enough evidence out there to make me question that. And particularly since I'm really interested in the intersection where optimal fitness and natural connection to ourselves and each other and the planet meet, at that intersection, a primarily vegetarian diet just makes a lot of philosophical sense to me. So that's where I still am. I use some eggs, some chicken, some fish, some dairy here and there but certainly not nearly as much as the diet plans that I was seeing uh, when I looked online for, okay, how can, a, how can someone who's primarily a vegetarian get enough protein to meet these macros? So then I went down another research rabbit hole about protein and going, okay, trying to solve this question of how much protein do we really need? Because I'd heard both sides of the story. I'd heard, you know, if you're trying to build muscle, protein is your most important thing. Got to make sure you're getting it. And then the vegan camp often says we get way 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 too much protein our kidneys can't handle it blah 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 on both sides <laughs> not really taking sides on that issue i i don't know so i try to do the research and find the answer for myself and again corroborating with multiple sources i managed to find a couple sites that cited and linked to actual studies so i could see the science behind it which was really nice and the number that i came to for myself for right now is i'd still like to aim for higher protein intake than this but i needed to get like a minimum because it's it can be tough when you don't want to use a lot of processed foods i don't want to use a lot of soy isolates a person can only eat so much of that corn vegan protein so it can be tough to get protein that's not really high in fat nuts and seeds are often recommended as vegan protein sources but they're they're more fat than they are protein beans and legumes are often recommended as protein sources and those are great too but they're also really starchy so getting that isolated protein count up is something that I'm working on so I wanted to have a minimum so I knew I could be okay and then a target to shoot for so the minimum from what I found that makes sense to me is making sure that I'm not getting less than 0.6 grams per pound of body weight per day which currently for me is 92 grams of protein. And that specific number came from a study that showed improvements in strength and muscle mass for people on weight training protocols. There was improvements up to 1.63 grams per kilogram per day, which works out to 0.74 grams per pound. And then at that point, there was sort of a saturation where no further gains were seen in that particular study. And of course, there's different studies funded by different groups with different interests, and there's a lot of different data out there. But for me, that minimum, I'm looking at 0.6 grams per pound, which is currently 92 grams per day, and aiming up to... Well, the initial number that the IAFYM website gave me was 140 grams of protein. So I can go as high as that if I wanted to. 
I could even, you know, one gram per pound of body weight is a commonly used rough rule of thumb figure. And my body weight is about 154 right now. So my pro I've got a wide protein range. I want to make sure that I'm hitting at least 92 and I can feel all happy and fine going up to around 150 without feeling like I'm likely to do any damage to myself. I don't see myself hitting those higher numbers and that's okay. I just really wanted to make sure that I'm getting the minimums because knowing what I do about my diet and the and having just tracked even today's eating, I could see that getting enough protein was going to be a much bigger issue than ever having to worry about getting too much in terms of the recommendations that I found for bodybuilding. I know there's a lot of other recommendations out there. Totally interested in hearing them, totally interested in continuing conversation around this question of what is optimal protein levels, but I'm really satisfied that for today, I did enough cross-research and found enough different sources to have an answer that's satisfactory for me to move forward on this journey. So that's super exciting. I knew that a lack of carbohydrates is not going to be a problem, so I'm not actually counting carbohydrates. If carbohydrates, proteins, and fats are the three pieces that make up this picture, and I know what my total number of calories is, and my calories are capped at 2100, maybe a little bit more on higher activity days where I'm doing doubled and triple training, but using that as my guideline, if I'm getting enough proteins and fats, then I know that the carbs are never going to be out of control high. And if I am not going over the upper range that I found for proteins and fats, then I'm not going to be too low on carbohydrates either. Carbohydrates is kind of the third variable that fills in the rest from the information that I found about this way of eating. You get your total calories and your proteins and fats and then the carbs fill up the rest of those calories. Assuming you have enough fiber, which I do, because as I mentioned, my diet is primarily plant-centric, so fiber is not a problem for me. I tracked and I had a whole day's fiber in the first third or half of the day today, so that was not a problem. I may be making this sound a little bit more confusing than it all is. I apologize if your head is swimming. It's all very exciting and revolutionary to me. I'm a visual person, so I needed to see the graphs. I needed to see these breakdowns and these ranges. Just hearing about it like this for me would drive my brain bonkers. But in case you're an audio information processor and you're enjoying all this information, I'll continue and give you just kind of the rest of the system as I have it put together starting today. We have really one piece left and that one piece left is the fat component. And again, I had to dive into that question. Okay, this website here who I don't even really know is behind it, it looks informative, but it gives me this arbitrary, what did they have it set at? 0.4 grams of fat per pound of body fat? I think was kind of the default setting. I have no idea where this number comes from. I don't know if I can trust it. I'm already tweaking protein, so let me look into the fat question too. How much fat do I need? How much is too much? I know that healthy fats are really essential for a lot of functions in the body. How do I make sure I'm getting enough and not too much? And again, looking at a bunch of different sources, going down the internet research rabbit hole. Thank you and God bless Google. 
I came to the number that works for me and that is that fat should range between 20 and 35 percent of calorie intake. So that's a little different than, it's just phrased differently than X number of grams per pound of body fat, but that's okay because we have math and we can figure out what that is. So currently that's between 46 and 81 grams for me. And ideally, I would like to keep that at or below 70. I'm a little more comfortable with that. It's around 30%. I feel like fats are an area where if I'm eating all olive oils and avocados and nuts, and it's all perfect, clean, healthy fat, then sure, 35% no problem. Heck, the Mediterranean diet even recommends 40% fats if it's all exclusively clean, natural, healthy fats. But... I know that those aren't exclusively the only fats that I'm eating. I do use eggs and I am a bit of a naturalist, so I tend to feel like eating a complete egg is a healthier choice than isolating egg whites. I could be totally wrong about that and I may update my views on that, but right now when I'm eating eggs, I'm eating egg yolks, so they're saturated fat and I know those aren't the healthiest thing in the world. So. Fats are an area that I am shying away from what I could use as a maximum just to help keep the unhealthy fats under control. So I'm looking to keep my fats between 46 and roughly 70 grams a day. So I know my protein grams, I know my fat grams, and I know my calories. Like I said, fiber is not an issue and I'm not worried about going under, certainly, on carbohydrates with my plant-centric diet and liking grains <laughs> and liking my Zen Bakery blueberry oat bran muffins. Oh, those have been my morning gluttony of late. They've been great. So, yeah, that's what macros look like for me. Having these ranges made all of this make a lot more sense and feel a lot more attainable than, okay, I need to figure out how to get exactly X grams of protein and, oh, I can't do it because I'm a vegetarian. I was getting really frustrated around that point this morning. Um, going, ah, oh, macros, what do I do with all this? And just the more the research that I did, the more all of these pieces started to kind of click into place. So if you're at this point in your journey yourself, just having gone through this a few hours ago, I really encourage you, particularly if you're somebody that enjoys numbers and enjoys research, to go ahead and dive down the rabbit hole. Because the really cool thing about tracking macros is that there's a lot of individual flexibility to make it work for how your body works, for what your particular food preferences are in terms of ethical preferences, in terms of if you know you're predisposed to XYZ or you're trying to avoid any particular category of food for whatever reason your dietitian may have recommended. There's just, there's a world of flexibility in there and a world of freedom because I have full permission to do whatever I want within those ranges and still know that I'm rocking it, which gives me a chance to celebrate myself daily. I'm getting really excited about this. And the one last piece that I need to throw into this whole macros discussion, I know this recording has gotten much longer than usual, but it's all really important and really exciting stuff. So hang in there. The last piece that I want to add on is I think another piece that really made macros doable and exciting. And I'm adding another app to my food tracking arsenal. 
you may have heard about it already. It's a really popular one. It's probably the most popular food tracking app. It's called MyFitnessPal. It's available on both smartphone operating systems. The really badass thing about MyFitnessPal is their food database. I have not yet tried to search for a food, store-bought, restaurant, pickup, produce, straight from the ground, any category of food that has not been in the MyFitnessPal database. Not yet. I, I do believe that I can stump it, but I haven't stumped it yet. So you can go into the app and you can plug in everything that you're eating and it already knows all the nutritional information. I've really enjoyed tracking calories by hand over the past week or so, and I think it's been really valuable for me to have that kinesthetic act of writing down and learning what's in the food that I'm eating. And today, I did my first day of tracking macros on paper by hand, because again, I'm somebody that processes information kinesthetically and visually. So seeing it written out the way that I make sense to organize it in my notebook, writing it with my own hand makes me go, oh, wow, gosh, yes, there was 12 grams of protein in those two hard boiled eggs that I ate today, but there was also nine grams of fat. And I know those aren't the healthiest fats, so I wonder if that was the best trade-off to get my protein with. And I can see that because I have it all laid out in this chart and I wrote it with my own little hand. So I do think there's a lot of benefit to hand writing this, but for me that would just be an unsustainable practice over time. I can't sit and write down every piece of the nutrition information label, even though I'm down to only, what, three variables now? But three variables from each label for every piece of food that goes into everything that I might make and eat, that would get out of hand really quickly. And that's what I was thinking of when I was originally thinking, oh my goodness, I don't want to track macros. But the MyFitnessPal database has all of it plugged in there already. You just type in the food, whatever it is. You know, I put together a lunch with kale and a Trader Joe's tofu burger patty which again was another high fat for protein trade-off. And that one's also isolated soy. I'll probably be cutting that one out now that I really see what's how that actually breaks down. I don't love that as a food choice anymore. I can do better than that. But I put that together with some kale and some spaghetti sauce and vegan cheese. And it was a great a great little meal. And I did, and I sat down and I wrote out each piece of it. Okay, the kale, the burger patty, the vegan cheese, the spaghetti sauce, and I calculated it all by hand. But then I went into my fitness pal a moment later, and not only did my fitness pal know all of these food items that I was putting together in this, but it also has this super badass barcode scanner. I live right next door to a Trader Joe's. Trader Joe's is my pantry, which is freaking amazing, and I love, by the way. If you are ever apartment hunting and one of your options places you within a quick walking distance of a beloved grocery store, whatever your preferred brand or any of your preferred brands is, that is among the most valuable amenities that you can possibly have in a place to live or in an office. So uh, just a little a little word to the wise on anybody place searching, you will like having a Trader Joe's right next door. <laughs> so I say that because pretty much all of my food comes from Trader Joe's right now for the obvious reason. 
So everything is, unfortunately, as Trader Joe's is apt to do, plastic wrapped and packaged and individually labeled, which may not be the most ecologically sound practice, but let's pick our battles. That's not one that I'm picking right now. Plus, having everything individually wrapped and barcoded is now really helpful to me because I just pull out my smartphone, I open up my Fitness Pal app, and I was having so much fun today just scanning the hell out of everything in my kitchen. <laughs> Not everything in my kitchen because I was only scanning the things that I ate today, but you're putting together you're putting together your bowl of oatmeal and you've got the little carton of oats from Trader Joe's and you've got your app open because you're logging your food anyway and you just scan the barcode and it plugs in all it it already knows the oatmeal and it plugs it into your day and it says great you're eating that awesome. I pulled my container of almond milk out of the fridge that goes with my oatmeal. Scan the barcode on that. Boop! It's logged. Instantaneous and satisfying. Do you remember being a little kid and wanting to scan the stuff at the grocery checkout? Because there was just something so magical about this machine that responds to that barcode and makes a cool beep noise and makes something happen. So you can get that same rush with my fitness pal. <laughs> and I'm really excited about it. I'm totally going to keep using my um, Two Grand app because I love the little pictures over there and I love the community and I feel like I have a whole little support network built up over there. And like I said, I'm visual so the pictures make life great for me. So I plan on using these apps side by side now. I am not going to do hand calorie counting anymore, I don't think. I think I will let my fitness pal handle the numerical tracking for me. I don't want to make this all crazy and extreme and unreasonable for myself. And I'm excited. And today I was still a little bit under on calories. I didn't quite hit that 2000 to 2100 target that I'm going for. I did hit 1881 calories and I hit my macros except for carbohydrates was the one that was a little bit low and I'm okay with being a little bit short on carbohydrates because that's the one that that we would toy with to adjust this stuff anyway you know they always say okay if you're adjusting adjust small but do it by decreasing just a few grams of carbs they never say decrease the proteins or fats unless you're updating because your body weight has changed. But I wanted to, I'm just opening up my app right now because I wanted to share with you, opening up this graph, my calorie breakdown. Today I had 47% of calories from carbs, 21% from protein. Yes, I hit that minimum protein. And 31% from fat. So that ended up being a total of 68 grams of fat. I kept it under that 70 that I said I wanted to stay below. Well above 46 but below 70. Perfect. Protein definitely hit that minimum 92. I ate 103 grams today. So since those two are steady and my calories are close to my minimum calorie target, I'm feeling really great about everything. I will make sure I get a little bit more calories in tomorrow. I don't want to consistently run under on that. 
even if I don't feel deprived, I know that that can over time build up to all of the sudden I've been deprived for weeks and haven't noticed it and I'm feeling crazy and running numbers in my head about trying to reduce calories to lose weight faster to impress somebody in this whole ugly spiral. So I'm going to actually encourage myself to take in a few more calories so there's not any accidental deprivation going on. So what I'm really optimistic about with this is that guidelines give freedom. I have boundaries now that I have full freedom to function within. And I'm not somebody that's going to use, if it fits in your macros, to eat as many Pop-Tarts as I can and then supplement with protein powders to hit the protein. And no, that's not my style because I do love and respect and appreciate this body and want to feed it well. So next time we talk, I'll probably be wrapping up this mini sprint week of mine. And I'll get to do a little check-in with how it's been going and what else I've learned and how the start of this macro tracking is going. Be well, be well fed, and move in fun ways until we connect again. <laughs>